0: Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Joyce Rogers of North Carolina. Joyce, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're glad to have you today. Thank you very much. Joyce, I just got my copy of Guided by Grace, the Kathleen Mallory story written by Rosalie Hunt. And I think you just purchased your copy, didn't you? Yes. Miss Mallory was the longest-tenured director of National Woman's Missionary Union. She served in that role for 36 years. Can you imagine? Kathleen began her service in 1912 in Maryland. After she retired at the age of 72, a Baptist center in Baltimore was named in her honor. Kathleen spoke at the dedication of the center, expressing the hope that amid tensions all around, the center might radiate peace and goodwill through the lives brought into the kingdom. Joyce, I just found out you have a special connection to the Mallory Center in Baltimore. Tell me about that. I do. I was seven
1: years old when construction started on that building on Riverside Avenue, three houses away from my row house on that street, and I had heard that it was to be a mission center, which I didn't know what that meant at the time, and that missionaries would live there, and I had never heard of a missionary before, knew anything about uh, what a missionary was or did, but I was always a very curious child and liked to be involved in anything that was happening, and so I was there from, I think, the very first time the brick was laid for that building. It was a building that God used. The people that came there to change my life and the path of my life forever and ever.
0: How about that? I was reading in a history book that WMU designated $100,000 from the Annie Armstrong Easter offering to build that Baptist center.
1: Yes. It actually was located about two blocks away from where the building was built by the Home Mission Board. It was located on Cross Street, which was around the corner from there. When the Baptists secured the land and then named the center, Kathleen Mallory, I had no idea who Kathleen Mallory was, and for many years I never knew who she was. I knew she had to be someone very special because When the building was dedicated, a lot of people came with hats and gloves and ties and just that looked different from the neighborhood that uh, we we grew up in. They were all very special people. And Miss Alma Hunt was with her that day when the dedication occurred.
0: Oh, my goodness. So there was a Baptist center, but they had just built a new one. So... Um, Those of you that are listening, WMU was instrumental in building goodwill Baptist centers all over the United States. So there was one a couple blocks away. They needed a new one. They found property three doors down from you and built it from the ground up. Yes. And I don't even know if it was called a
1: Baptist center. It was some type of mission work. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was probably called the Goodwill Center maybe it was that's what it was called around when it was built it was the Kathleen Mallory Goodwill Center yes and we were inner-city children who didn't go to church it was primarily a Catholic neighborhood two Catholic churches in our neighborhood and um, my family didn't go to church at all so all of my introduction to the Lord and to missions was begun in that Kathleen Mallory Goodwill Center as a child on up till I became a student in college. So you were there at the dedication service, peeping in the window. Some very important people were allowed to go in, but certainly not neighborhood children. Did you go to the other Goodwill Center? No, I didn't. I didn't even know it existed until after construction on the Mallory Center. Was begun and people said well that's the mission center that was around the corner that was two blocks from my house but you knew nothing but I knew about it. nothing about
0: it so you're peeping in the building do you know what the building is how did you get involved with the building observing everything as it was
1: built and word of mouth and talking to and i was a young child but i had no trouble asking questions and being interested And then Miss Pearl Gifford from West Virginia was the first missionary there. And the other missionary that came was Louise Waddell, who had just finished at the Carver School of Missions. Mm -hmm. They were the first two missionaries to work at the center. And they just, they touched my life so deeply. I had never known
0: Christians until i met them so what was your earliest remembrance do you remember the first time you walked through the doors of the goodwill center i went to
1: the bluebird club which was for young girls i was about eight or nine years old and we sang courses and we learned bible verses i loved competition learning those bible verses In the summertime, they had Bible school for two weeks. I thought it was the most wonderful thing I had ever heard of, where we could go there every day for two weeks from 9 to 12 was Bible school. I can't imagine even getting teachers to do something like that now, much less for two weeks. And um, I even attended Mother's Club. I got my grandmother to go so she could take me to Mother's Club, I, I wanted to, I was so drawn to everything that they did there. They had clubs for teenagers, mm-hmm. and of course I was too young to. at that time. They built a gym behind the building where all the classrooms were, and we could play basketball, we could run around in the gym, because the only playground we had was the street. Yeah, uh, We lived right in the inner city of South Baltimore. I think the Lord drew me to him through the mission work there at the center. And the missionaries uh, were members of a church about four blocks away. They had joined Lee Street Memorial Baptist Church, and they would take a lot of us children to Lee Street. And so that
0: became my home church. It was just one thing after another. And Good experience. Tell me about one of the Bible verses you learned at the Kathleen Mallory Goodwill Center. We used to learn verses, had them on cards. For the first
1: week, you might have 10 verses. The first day, we were to learn the first verse. Well, I would learn the whole card so I could get the first reward that they would give to us. Verses like Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Verses I've never forgotten, mm-hmm. and I had no introduction to any of that in my home at all. It was all through the ministry of the sinner. What do you remember most about those two first
0: missionaries?
1: Louise became very special to me. She was the younger of the two ladies. In fact, after a few years of being there, ended up marrying one of the young men who came to the center. So she became Louise Hoffman. She's now in heaven. I named my daughter Rebecca Louise in oh her memory. Goodness. Louise took us to GA camp in the summer. A One week was the most wonderful week of my whole year to get to go to GA camp. The church would send me, they would pay the $10 for me to go, and Louise would be my counselor at GA camp. And I just loved her like a mother. Mm-hmm. And I had a good mother and a good father, but they didn't know the Lord like the missionaries did. Yeah. And so they showed me how a Christian walked and talked. And something else that was so meaningful to me, every summer we would have student summer missionaries. Mm-hmm. And those missionaries planted in my heart the desire to go to college. No one in my family had ever gone to college, much less gone away to school. Two of those missionaries are known in North Carolina. Uh, Betty Lynn Cadle was yes. one, and Doris Walters was another. I hung around the center all the time. So when those missionaries would arrive in the summer, they were there for 10 weeks, and I, I couldn't get enough of them. I, you know, I wanted to learn. They they were closer to my age, and they were role models for me, Yeah. and planted in my heart to go away to a, a Baptist college. And so WMU provided a way for me to do that. Well, I was about to ask you, how
0: does an inner-city girl without a lot of resources go away to college? How did that happen? Well, every year I would go to camp as a camper,
1: and then as soon as I could get hired, I became a counselor and worked at camp for a few years. Then worked in the summer with, well, between my senior, when I graduated from high school, I worked at the Baptist Building in Maryland, doing their switchboard for them. And Laura Farthing was the GA director, and Josephine Norwood was WMU director then. And they told me about a Baptist scholarship that I could get. I went to Campbell College, it was then. And Campbell, at that time, it wasn't as expensive as it is now. My parents couldn't afford that. And of course. My parents didn't really understand the desire I had to go to school. They wanted me to stay at home and go to a maybe a school in Baltimore, but I just knew God wanted something different for me. My church always called out the best in me and saw potential in me. And I don't know, the Lord provided. That's all I can say through working in the summertime at the Baptist building in Baltimore and the WMU scholarship and then a little bit of extra money on the side where I would have jobs
0: to work. I love that you said my church always called out the best they did in me was your parents attending church at that time no they they
1: started attending when i became maybe i was about 13 Mm -hmm. my mother would go yeah and then my father did come later and both of my parents became christians my father accepted christ at a billy graham crusade in baltimore which was very special that was later after i was married that that happened And you went away to a Baptist college, and what did you study? I majored in physical education and became a physical education teacher. At the end of my senior year, I had the opportunity to work in GA camp in North Carolina as a recreation director. And during that first year, some special missionaries were there. The wife was Rachel James from Vietnam. Yes, And I just was very close to Rachel and loved her. She was there for two weeks working with us. What I didn't know was that when they were in Vietnam before they came home on furlough, they had met John Rogers. He was a soldier in Vietnam. And after that first summer of working at camp, John had come home from Vietnam, my husband now, Mm -hmm. and Rachel introduced us. She was home on furlough. The following year, we married. And that's been 53 years ago. Wow. He became a pastor. And so God took that little kid in South Baltimore who started attending the Mallory Center and let her become a pastor's wife, which I loved
0: being a pastor's wife. Wow. And to be influenced by the James. I've read Sam James's account of them leaving Vietnam mm-hmm. in the heat of the battle and how hard that was for them to leave that country that they love so much and how it broke their heart to leave.
1: They're wonderful. They're wonderful people.
0: Well, now you're a WMU leader, and there's a long line of faithfulness in your life because of what you've experienced as a child and as a teenager and for all the people that pour their lives into yours. And now you're doing the same thing for lots of other people. That's humbling to
1: think about. My husband was pastor on a college campus for 17 years at Campbell University now yes. and during that time I worked with a lot of college students and always had an opportunity to tell them when they work in the summer at GA camp or when they would do student missions you may have a young girl or a young boy out there who was just like me that didn't have a whole lot of opportunity or or maybe there wasn't much hope for You'd look at them, because I wasn't the most well-behaved child, I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that I still have some mischief in me. <laughs> they saw potential in me, mm-hmm. and they loved me, and they instilled in me, as my family did, that I could do better and I could be more. Then exposed me to opportunities to serve in missions. I feel very humbled to had lots of opportunities mm-hmm. to work with young people as a pastor's wife and have been involved in our camp in North Carolina. It's Our camp is in the same town that I live in, in Asheboro. So I'm chairman of the it's camp committee for the North Carolina WMU board. It's been a
0: special place for a long time, it has hasn't been. it? It really has. Yeah. Well, you are an example of the power of somebody believing in you because you had people from those first missionaries that believed in you, And that's a powerful thing when somebody believes in you, yeah. And when
1: I think, why me, Lord? Why, when there were so many of us who came to the center, I can't, I don't know why, you know, I just, I'm grateful. That's all I know. And being grateful, I've just tried to pay that forward with others and lead others. I love leading mission trips. And I've done that with WMU in our state. And I married a man who has that same desire to be missional. And in every church we've been in, I think his legacy has been outside the walls of the church. That's where we find our joy in serving the Lord, outside those walls.
0: Well, I heard you say the influence of missionaries at a Goodwill Center or a Baptist Center, summer missionaries, G.A. camp. Working at the state convention, the state Baptist building, WMU scholarships, that's a lot of touch points in the Southern Baptist family. It is.
1: I guess I left one out. My church, when I was 16 years old, sent me to, we didn't, in the state of Maryland, we didn't have a facility that was a conference center because we were a small state. So in the summer, we would have our Maryland summer meeting or where you'd have conferences and all. At Hood College in Western Maryland, in Frederick, Maryland, that was almost like going to Ridgecrest. Not quite. I never made it to Ridgecrest till I got to be a GA counselor in North Carolina. They sent me one summer, paid my way to go to Hood College to a week of exposure to what Christians do when they gather at conferences, to worship together and to eat together and to play together and to go to conferences together. And one of the conferences I attended was taught by Dr. and Mrs. Perry Langston from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina at Campbell College. And I went to their conference and oh, I just loved them. They were so much fun. Dr. Langston was on the faculty at Campbell Mrs. Langston, was; she was right in there with him. And I clicked with them, and they clicked with me. And I told them that I was in the 10th grade at the time, and they said, you need to come to our college and go to school there. And I was thinking at that time, because those summer missionaries had said, Mm -hmm. you know, just think about going to college. When I got home after that week, I received a catalog that Mrs. Langston had sent me. She never forgot. She
0: sent it to she me She sent personally. me a catalog
1: about the college and told me about it. Well, when I got that catalog, I just knew that's where I wanted yeah. to go. And God provided. He paved the way when my father was a wonderful man. He was a policeman in the city of Baltimore and didn't make much money. But he said, you just have a pipe dream. You're never gonna be able to do that. I can just remember saying, Dad, I know I can't do it, but I just think God wants me to do it somehow. And he did. And he, he did. did. And I went to Campbell College and became president of the girls on the
0: campus and
1: just led it at the college. And Sounds like the
0: good title for a book, From Pipe Dream
1: to President. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't, that wasn't that big of a deal to be president of the girls' campus. Lots of good experiences yeah. there. After my husband finished seminary, the first church that he pastored, we were an associate pastor in Gaithersburg, Maryland, outside of D.C. The first church that he ever pastored was First Baptist in Bowie's Creek. They called him back there and many of the people in our church had been his professors and my professors. We didn't go at the same time because I went to college and finished while he was in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And when we got married, he started back to school and I taught school. Yeah. And so we were at Campbell at two different times and had the joy of being very close to the Langstons who made it possible for us to be introduced to Campbell. Yeah.
0: You've had a lot of people pour into your life. I have. Oh, what I would have. you say to someone listening today? What would you say to them to encourage them to invest in others? John has said so many times in, a, in sermons, you'll never
1: look into the face of somebody that God doesn't love. I've always had a heart for people who were on the low end economically mm-hmm. because that's where I, that's where you were. my mother used to say, my sister and I jokingly said, my mother would say, both my girls went to college, but you'd never know it. <laughs> and what she meant by that, we didn't forget our roots yeah we we didn't get above our roots but we loved kids like that who were maybe not dressed as well as others might be or who who didn't speak the same kind of maybe language that we did they they just hadn't didn't have opportunities we did but we understood because that's where we were and we I've always felt drawn to people like that I guess I would just try to look at people, encourage people to see people who God loves. He loved me when I didn't even know Him.
0: Yeah,
1: Put people in my life who drew me to Him. Just let God use you to however He wants. And I used to, I've been on mission trips out in Lake Tahoe. And when I asked people in my church to, to pray for me now, I'm gonna be gone for two weeks to a mission trip to Lake Tahoe. And they said, oh brother, you know how that that is. laugh, doesn't it? I tell them people who are down and out need the Lord, but people who are up are also out and they need him. I mean, all people do. Absolutely. And not to just stick with any certain group or don't feel like you can because if I'm up uh, socially, I can't relate to people who were not up socially, or if I'm down socially and economically, I can't relate to, but just to love people. And I love people, all kinds of people.
0: Just love people and let God do the rest. God do the work, yeah. Well, Joyce, I want to thank you for spending time visiting with us today. I'm so honored to have the opportunity to get to know you better. And to have this opportunity to visit with you and to know somebody that as a child attended the Kathleen Mallory Center. Praise God for faithful women of the past who sacrificed and gave money to build institutions like that so that lives could be changed for the kingdom. Sometimes when I
1: speak it like for home missions I'll ask them have you been givers to the Annie Armstrong offering? How many of you have ever given? And of course, many hands go up. And I thank them for doing that because I was a recipient Mm -hmm. of people's gifts probably before many of them were born. Yes. But they're perpetuating that by being givers. They're investing in people they don't even know. That's right. But I thank them for doing that. And that's what
0: it's about. That's right. So we need to keep being generous, keep giving, keep praying. You'll never look at anyone in the eye that God doesn't love.
1: That's right. You'll never look into the face of someone who God
0: doesn't love. Yeah. That covers a lot of people. That covers a lot of people. <laughs> we best be about what He wants us to be about. That's right. That's right. That's right. Joyce, thank you for being with us, and thank you for listening to this episode of On The Journey Conversations. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed hearing Joyce's story about the impact of the Kathleen Mallory Center on her life.
1: Visit wmustore.com and get your very own copy of Rosalie Hunt's book, Guided by Grace, The Kathleen Mallory Story. Learn about this tiny dynamo who led Women's Missionary Union for 36 years.